Welcome back to the Star and Five podcast on SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the One P Shark. What's going on, everybody? I'm still at underscore Skyleader on Twitter. As always, I'm still in practically trolling. Still doing that. Nothing's changed. <laughs> What's good, everybody? This you got Trey of the Corner Man, not on Dillerbrook Island this go around. I'm on assignment because what? draft day is approaching. <laughs> with the breaking news in the middle of the introduction. Shocky, pull up the air horns, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's your man, Ed Sam Shakir. Hey, shout out to Shitty, not able to be on this episode, but we do have a guest. Yep, we have a guest indeed. We got uh, Rivals Tiger Sports Report.com and Ethos Grizzly Podcast host Isaac Simpson. How you doing, my guy? Man, I'm doing good, man. Uh, thank you guys for having me on, man. <sighs> Uh, 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 definitely excited to have you man like uh, like shark said we're just gonna do like a quick q a just for our listeners to uh get to know you a little bit better man first off uh are you from memphis because you do a lot of content with the grizzlies with the tigers are you from memphis yeah yeah i'm from memphis uh pretty much been here all my life i was born in san francisco uh but i've been here ever since i was like three years old so basically miffy and true and true man so yeah man been in this memphis sports scene media scene for a while now man covering covering memphis sports well, uh, what made you want to get into uh, creating sports content? Man, just lifelong sports fan. Uh, like I said, man, going back, I've probably been watching the NBA and sports ever since I was old enough to even comprehend uh, anything. I mean, it was always a, a dream of mine to to get into sports and sports media. Um, it started off, man, a, a lot of people don't even, I don't know if a lot of people remember, like I hosted a sports uh, talk radio show, the Man Cave Sports Show on AM 730 for about three or four years. Uh, man, uh, I small am station but i had big time guests on there man are you name it, man i had deontay wilder heavyweight champion i had him on there a couple of times from Stephen a smith to mark steinman i had big big time guests on there but being on a small am station man it's kind of hard to to promote uh but man it was all grassroots just reaching out uh making making relationships and kind of doing it myself man and that's kind of how i got started jumped on with rivals covering all tiger athletics and and now man with ethos grizzlies uh, with my guy David Williams, man, we're pumping out podcast content throughout the week covering the Grizzlies. Uh, so, man, it, it, it's been, and I've been in a lot of different places in between, man. That's not even half of the places I've been with, man. So, I've been enjoying it, man, working hard, man, just out here grinding. So, let's backtrack just a little bit because I actually have a radio background. And for you to be, you know, from a quote unquote small AM station, that's like the fiend, all the odds in itself, right there. Yeah. But I wanted to know, like, how was it, you know, just kind of going to depth, work with them. And then, like, how were you able to get those big names coming from the small, I guess, station, the small media world? Yeah, man, it, 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 it was tough, man. You just build relationships through social media, uh, just reaching out to people. Um, and, man, just taking a chance. Like, like I said, a lot of people probably think, all right, man, if I I can't get this, get this guest or get this guest, man, just – that never hurts to try, man. Sometimes you, you don't get everybody that you try to reach out and get, but a lot of them I were able to get I was able to get on the show, man. And that's kind of how I got started, man. And from the radio station, moving on to other ventures, been able to get credential um and, and get your foot in the door that way. Um, that's kind of how I got started, man. Now I have a lot of connections, especially with basketball recruiting, uh just people in the area, high school coaches, just from, from pretty much in Memphis, man. I have wide range of connections man when you talk about the grizzlies talk about the the tigers uh but again man it's just hard work and determination man didn't didn't go in traditional way uh journalism wasn't my major um in college kind of got started a little bit late uh in the media thing but again man it's just a passion of mine man and it just shows man if you work hard man you can you can make things happen out there 
So growing up, who was your favorite, I guess, sports team as favorite play uh, athlete growing up? Man, before the before the Grizzlies came to Memphis, man, when I was a kid, I was a a Phoenix Suns fan, man. Uh, going back to, like I said, man, three or four years old, I remember the the NBA Finals in '93 uh, when when the the Suns played the Bulls, uh, big time. Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson fan, so I grew up on on the Suns. Um, I was a Suns fan until I was a Grizzlies fan immediately uh, from day one. Uh, jumped on from day one, but it, it took a couple years to wean me off of. Off of Phoenix, uh, I was a Grizzlies fan unless they were playing the Suns for the first couple of years. But by year three, man, it was all Grizzlies 100%. Even when they were playing Phoenix, man, it's been full steam ahead to get ever since, man. Got to represent the, the hometown team. Uh, but as far as the NFL, uh, I'm sure you guys know I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of haters out there on that. But, uh, you know. Y'all uh, do it to yourself. But that's neither <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say this though, Isaac, because I do follow you on Twitter. You are one of the more reasonable Cowboys fans, so you're tolerable as opposed to everybody else. <laughs> I'll give you that much. Yeah, man, I'm not going in every season talking about we're gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> just like, just like this year, man, I'm not super optimistic, man. We'll we'll see what happens, man. But I tough off season, man. Letting go of Mari Cooper and some of the moves they made, man. I think they kind of took a step backwards after it looked like they had some momentum going after last year. So we'll see what happens. I think Scott, you had a question. Yeah, just a quick question for Isaiah. Man, again, I appreciate you for jumping on the show. I think if nothing oh, else, no like, if you don't realize you have fans, then like I think some of us on this podcast are definitely like some of your fans, just because like um, to what Trevor just said, like you're one of the most like logical. As much as I don't like Dallas Cowboys, you're one of the most logical <laughs> people that, that are out there as far as the Cowboys. But you also like produce like great content when it comes to the Tigers, when it comes to the Grizzlies. So my question to you, like. How excited are you in terms of like for the city, for the Grizzlies, for the Tigers? Because I thought about yesterday that like, you know, the Grizzlies like are on the brink. They could be potentially in an NBA final soon. Like Penny Hardaway seems to be able to like kind of get things going after he just got his first like, um, you know, his first bid to the NCAA tournament. So like it seems that they're both like right there where they can like, you know, be at the top of their sport. So how excited are you like for, you know, for Memphis sports? Man, first off, I appreciate the kind words, man. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but as far as the, the Tigers and Grizzlies, man, I think it's super exciting. I mean, you look at uh, the, the Grizzlies and personally, I think they are a couple injuries away from instead of the Warriors being in the finals, it could have been Grizzly Celtics. I, I really think the Grizzlies could have won. I had a potential to win a title this year. I mean, I think that's, Crazy to say for a team that came into the season, you're thinking, okay, we can just board to play in, man. Just be, be the sixth seed. You'd be happy with that. End up with the second best record in NBA. Um, and kind of the leaps that you saw from from Ja, from from Desmond Bain, and uh, just the growth for this team, the camaraderie. I think they have a special, special chemistry that you usually don't see from NBA teams with this team. And I think they're right there on the cusp. I, I know the West is going to be better. I think Denver's going to have some of their guys back. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard is going to be back with the Clippers. Uh, the Pelicans are looking to get Zion back. They had C.J. McCollum. They had a really good end of the season. You know, they're coming to get coming next year. But I think, I think the Grizzlies are still a team that's going to have to be reckoned with. Um, I, I don't think they're going to drop off just because some of those teams are getting better. I think you kind of hear that sentiment from a lot of people. But I think the Grizzlies are going to be right back in the mix next year. Um, and, and I think the future is bright because I think it's just getting started. I mean, these guys are young. Uh, you got a young coaching staff. They just re-up Taylor Jenkins for for a multi-year deal. 
uh, the front office showing commitment. Uh, Robert Perry has said that he's willing to spend money, um, that it's not going to be the normal small market where you, you're not going not to be willing to spend to kind of win. I think Robert Perry is, is willing to put the money in if, if it's the right move. So I think everything's looking up uh, with the Grizzlies, man. And I, I really do think one day in a not-too-distant future we're going to have a championship parade on Bill. Um, and, and as far as the Tigers, uh, Penny Hardaway has shown to be resilient. Um, it hasn't been a smooth ride. I mean, they've had, I think, I think eight assistant coaches. I think he just had Frank Hape, which is a, a crazy hire. I mean, a guy that's been an AC coach of the year, a guy that's co- coached against Penny. Uh, to get him as an assistant, uh, I think, is tremendous. Like, that's not a name that you think when you're thinking who he's going to go out and get, man. I was shocked when I when I, when I started hearing the news that it could be Frank Hayes. Um, and then you go out and get Kendrick Davis, a, a guy who you go into battle with, uh, AAC player of the year, uh, to, to, to come in here. And, and the, the thing about it, man, come in here with uncertainty, uh, a program that could be could have possible sanctions coming down and him still to be able to, to go out and do some of the things that he's done is tremendous. So I think despite what a lot of people have thought, I think Penny is the right man for the job, and I think he's going to eventually get it done. You've seen time and time again that by the end of the year, he has the team playing really good basketball. I think the next step is to kind of have them playing well throughout the year so you don't have to kind of try to make up ground at the end of the year like we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, but I definitely think he's the man to do it. Um, and he's just shown, man, that he can go out and get talent, and he can also bring in really high-level coaches. Spot on, man. You can't even spend the gospel today. <laughs> I like that. Amen. <laughs> so as far as the Grizz go, let's talk uh, back just about the Grizz just for another second. You got people like myself, like even though they're a young team, I feel like this is the best Grizz roster that we've been able to see so far. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any question. Uh, I know they tied the franchise record 56 and 26. Uh, from from that, I think that 2013 team, uh, but I think eye test wise, I don't think they've never had. They've had some really good players. We talked about Zach Randolph, uh, Marcus All, Mike Conley, Tony Allen, but they've never had a, a transition, r- real legit superstar like John Morant. And I think that really elevates your franchise because I think Grizzlies in a small market have never been a team that can really attract free agents. And I'm not saying they're going to go out and get the big time, big time free agents. But I think having a, a player like Jaw on your roster, I think that changes things. I think they're going to be guys who want to come in here and play with Jaw. Um, and I think having that guy like that just elevates your game. I think from that, I think we're going to see more national tele- televised games than we've ever seen. I got a feeling next year they're going to break a record for Grizzlies national televised game. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a Christmas Day game next year. And that's basically the John Moran effect because, I mean, we've seen this team – succeed at a high level and still not get that national credibility. But now people are aware of what's going on down here in Memphis. And, and that's what getting, what getting a guy like Ja does. I mean, and you just think about at the end of that, end of the, the grit and grind era, when they were trying to trade in all pieces, you were uncertain on how long this was going to last and when this thing was going to turn around, man, you get lucky, get that number two pick. I um, mean, and, and really lucky because I think you, you people at that time were kind of wishing that they ended up with number one, man, you get the number two pick. And I think you actually, won that lottery with Ja. Um, and I think Ja's going to turn change this franchise forever. Um, and I think he's going to have this franchise on the national stage sooner rather than later. And again, man, that's that, the Ja Moran effect and the effect of having a star like him. So, Isaac, you wear a bunch of different hats, right, from reporter to podcaster, analyst, yeah. everything. 
Um, do you have a favorite thing that you do or like what are you most passionate about in this field of work? Um, I mean, I, I, I like it all. I mean, I'm just just passionate about the, the period, just was just talking about writing or reporting or uh, just covering basketball recruiting. I mean, I love it all. I mean, I'm just a guy who loves sports. Like I said, man, I follow pretty much everything. Not an NBA, NFL, man, even NHL, baseball, WNBA. I mean, I'm just a, a sports head, man. That's through and through. Uh, no question about that, man. I'm on there talking hockey. I'm like, man, uh, nobody on here probably cares what I'm saying on here, but, man, I'm going to get these tweets off anyway. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just – I'm just passionate about it all. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get on you about these Chicago White Sox though. That's the one that I'm like, hey, oh, hey, 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 chill out, chill. Oh, man, chill. That's a whole, that's yeah. a whole other podcast. White Sox fans, you're not gonna keep the man while he's down right now. Yeah, so, man, it's, 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 it's rough right now, man. No doubt about that. So, what's it like working with rivals, uh, rivals.com, and being able to see you know kids, you know, literally from early ages to growing up, and like you've been in you know this thing for you know, 10, 15, 20 years, like, if you've seen a bunch of players just do their thing, like, what's, what's been your, your, I guess, how's it been, like, working for Rivals? Yeah, man, I, I love it, man. I think, especially do covering for Rivals and then covering the NBA as well, man, you see a lot of these kids going from, from high school to, to the college level to NBA and, and to watch their growth and, and development and, and from evaluating your thoughts on them, what you thought from them back in high school versus what they turned into. Um, I, I think that's a, it's something that I really, really enjoy. Um, and again, man, basketball recruiting is crazy, especially here at Memphis. I mean, I think comes to Tiger basketball, people are, are nuts about basketball recruiting, and and it's it's crazy because it, it's changing, man. With with NIL, uh, um, and, and everything like that, um, I think it kind of changes the game. I know Penny has kind of talked about changing his philosophy. He's not so much going after the high school kids anymore. I mean, the transfer portal is really really changed the game, man. It's going to be interesting to see as the years pass how how that progresses. I know they're already talking about reform on it because it's kind of almost becoming like NBA free agency out here right now, man. Kids are just transferring out. Like, you're looking at these kids in great situations and they're jumping in the portal and you're like, man, why are they changing schools? I mean, it's it's open, man. They're giving them opportunities. So it's, again, man, almost like free agency, man. You jump in a spot here, man. You're like, man, I want to go see something different, man. So you see these kids moving in and out, man, I think it's good in a way uh, because I like the players having the power uh, versus the schools and the coaches, but I think also it can be bad for the game at times because I think there's so many kids moving around now that it it, it it can damage the game a bit because you're having different rosters every year on, on different – because Penny's like new team almost every year. Uh, like he's going to have almost a completely new team this year. Uh, you did get DeAndre Williams back and a couple of guys back, but most of their main pieces uh, are, are going to be different this year. And you see that a lot around the country. It's not just Memphis. Uh, people are kind of asking what's going on with this Memphis roster, but you see this going on around the country. It's not just here, man. These kids are uh, moving around from, from from different universes all over. So a couple a couple more questions from I guess the scouting aspect. Um, I hate to put you on the on on, on the scene right here, but this is what we're gonna do. Who's the best prospect you you've covered? Oh man, that's uh. That's Even if you got to do a top three, just to kind of like make sure you you satisfy some other people, but you can do a top one, top three with your your choice. Man, I'm mean, gonna have to think about that. Um, best prospect I've covered. Um, just I mean, I mean just just keeping it with Memphis, man. I think uh, I think Jalen Duran is is one that's fantastic. Uh, coming from from the high school scene, 
Uh, I'm looking to what he did at Memphis this year, and, and I'm a big fan of his going to the NBA. Um, I personally think he's the best center out of his draft. Um, I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, I think if you follow me on Twitter, you know, kind of know my thoughts on, on Chet Holmgren. I'm not a, I'm not sold on Holmgren at all. Uh, I'm, I'm like, not at all. <laughs> but um, I think we all might be with you on that one, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Jalen Jalen Duran was tremendous, man. And I, again, man, I think he's gonna be a a big time player. But that's that's one I have to think about, man. I mean, I just covered so many so many players uh, coming in now, but just kind of thinking uh, from a Memphis perspective, I think Jalen Duran, of course, James Wiseman, uh, was, was tremendous over at East High School and what he did on AAU scene. I um, mean, just just a lot of a lot of kids in Memphis, uh, just coming through here, man, kids that I've covered, man. Jeremiah Martin uh, is another kid who just worked extremely hard, man, didn't have a lot of a lot of accolades coming in and, and end up, by the time he graduated, man, being a tremendous player for, for the University of Memphis. So, uh, yeah, man, Memphis, I think if you're recovering, covering recruiting, man, Memphis is a, a great place to be, man, because always a lot of talent in this area. Is there a prospect that you have high hopes for that didn't pan out the way you thought? Or still have a you know room to grow for sure, but he's just not there yet. Um, oh man, hey, these are you can hit me with some tough ones. Money, oh. I'll answer the question for you. What is it? Money, Bates is the answer. <laughs> oh me. man, yeah, man, that's yeah, a, that's the obvious yeah. one, man. Yeah, that's a that's the obvious one, man. Yeah, I should have said I should have thought about that, man. Yeah, man, I don't I don't know I don't know what to to say about him, money, man, because I had super high hopes for him, man. I I, I hope. Good luck wherever he lands, man. It looks like it's – I mean, it could be Michigan, could be Louisville. We'll see where he ends up ends up going. But, yeah, man, I mean, he just was not ready uh, for, for the D1 level, man. At 17 years old, just doesn't have the frame, doesn't have the body. I mean, super skill. Uh, I, I just don't know if he'll be able to do it uh, at his size, man. Just needs to get bigger, needs to get stronger. And I, I think the best thing for him, I think, was to stay at Memphis. Um, I, I think – Penny, even despite some of the things that were going on behind the scenes, man, let him come back, end up playing an NCAA tournament. And so I was kind of surprised at how that kind of ended because I expected him to come back. But uh, a lot of different things going on with that, man. Some family stuff going on, man. It's just a hard, tough situation, man. You kind of hate to see situations like that, man. I hope it hope it works out for him. Uh, but, uh, again, man, I think he has a long ways to go to kind of live up to what they thought. Because people were talking about he was the next KD and, and all this stuff, man. And I – I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. Unless, is there a prospect outside of Memphis that you're really looking forward to seeing? So outside of Memphis, uh, let's see, man, that's uh, man, that's, that's a tough one, man. Outside of Memphis, because yeah, like I said, man, mostly uh, the 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 guys that I that are really really keying on or keying in on is Memphis guys. Uh, I was trying to think of somebody outside of Memphis. Uh, man, I can't can't think of a name. Can't I mean, no, man, we, like, we have no problem keeping the Memphis on this show, dog. <laughs> <laughs> we have no problem at all. No problem at all. Well, that, that's yeah, it man. for me, y'all. Well, I was gonna say one one up and coming kid, man. It, Curtis Curtis Givens. Uh, Curtis, I mean, oh it, yeah, it, it's oh, a point yeah. guard, man, who's really really improving, man. I think he's gonna be a a, a big time player, man. He's getting more and more offers. Uh, Memphis offered him uh, about a year ago, man. Now he has offers. Rolling in, man. I think by he, he by he's gonna keep it improving, 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 man. He's gonna get some big time offers. Hopefully, he lands at Memphis. Uh, Memphis is Penny since his tenure here. One thing that he hasn't really done, he's got players at all other positions until he got Kendrick Davis. But point guard has been a position that he really hasn't covered. Um, I mean, it's kind of been a low 
And I think that might be by design because Halo, his guy. Uh, so maybe he just didn't want to kind of bring in some big time competition for Halo. But now Halo's probably uh, on the way out, man. Maybe we'll get some some good point guards in here. But that's kind of been a position that that Penny's kind of kind of kind of laid off of since his tenure at the University of Memphis. And of course, like with the namesake, of course, there's a lot of, you know, expectation and, you know, I want to even say pressure on them, but it's some kind of expectation for greatness, even with the name, with the name. Yeah, right? oh, for sure. Uh, there, like, there's you know, no doubt about from that. Memphis and no Curtis Gibbons. Curtis Gibbons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely know that name if you, you, you're from the Memphis area, for sure. Yeah. Hey, for sure, for sure, man. But like you mentioned, you mentioned something about Jalen Duran earlier, and that's the topic we're going to next. So um, last week on G GBB Live, Parker Dem talked about Kennedy Chandler and Josh Minot. So I decided this week for our podcast, we can kind of dive into Lester Quinones and Jalen Duran. So with Jalen Duran and his draft, like where what do you expect him? Like based on draft boards and based on your own assessment, what do you see him being? What range do you see him being drafted in? Man, I think his floor is probably 13 uh, with the Hornets. The Hornets really need a center. I, I don't see any way that they don't. Perfect team. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any way that they'll end up with, with Duran or Williams. Personally, I think a lot of people, especially outside of Memphis, when I've talked about this, they're like, oh, man, Mark Williams is better than Jaden Duran. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I think Jaden Duran, you just look at him, man, the NBA body, 6'11", 250, uh, 7'5", wingspan. He's only 18 years old. Elite athlete, uh, moves really well in space, man. He, I think one thing about him is he'll be able to guard the five and the four. Um, and I think that's really big at today's NBA, a guy that can really, really move his feet. Uh, he's not a guy that's just going to be in, in drop coverage. He's a guy that's going to be able to move around uh, and, and guard people. Um, elite rim protection potential. Uh, he shot 71% on none post-ups at the rim in the paint. Um, and, and one thing about him is, didn't have really a really good point guard uh, at Memphis, uh, a pick and roll point guard, and I think you get him in the NBA with uh, 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 some really good point guard talent. I think he's going to even take off even more, um, especially in the pick and roll. I mean, just tremendous motor. Uh, just I mean, it finishing everything around the rim. I think any of the things that he needs to work on, I think, is his post footwork. Uh, you didn't see a lot of of, of moves inside. It's basically just catch and dunk, which I think that's going to be great. I think the first year in the NBA especially if he's playing with a good point guard, man. You just throw the ball up to him, man. He's going to be able to dunk, rebound, and block shots. But he needs to continue to to work on his touch around the rim on non-dunks. Um, and also his jump shot. Uh, I think he, he was only 8 of 22 on jump shots for 36.4% on the season. Uh, but you go back to his high school tape, I mean, he was even shooting, knocking down threes in high school. I think there's shoot potential there. His jumper's not broken. Um, I, I think he just needs to continue to work on it. And like I said, didn't take a lot of them at Memphis. Uh, but I think he has potential to, to be a mid-range jump shooter, at least in the NBA. And if he gets that development, I think he's going to be a really, really good prospect. And I really do think you're going to look down three, four, five years down the line and look back, and he's going to be the best center out of this draft. And I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I would say, like, echo every single word that he just said. Like, I, I watched, and just as much as I feel like I watched that under, I'm pretty sure Isaac did too. I think I watched every single minute of Jalen Duran last year and to see like his progression from the very beginning of the season yeah. to like him being the absolute anchor for the Memphis team for them to like go on the run that they did and for essentially to almost be able to knock off Gonzaga was due to how great Jalen Duran was like to his point like I'm a big Jalen Duran friend like Chet Holmgren you know I'm not I'm not gonna bash the man but he ain't my choice <laughs> Jalen Duran is the guy as far as like you know like he said like you know protecting the rim 
um, you know, catching lobs, stuff like that. Like he did all of that. But I think what impressed me the most was he showed an ability to make a mid-range jump shot. He showed yeah. confidence in a three-point jump shot, which essentially at that point, he's worth being on the floor, you know, 40 plus minutes of a game because he can do all of that. He has the motor to what Ozzy just said, like the dude can ball. And I saw nothing but progression, like game over game, week over week when it came to Jalen Duran. Like, dude, dude balled. And I'd be surprised if, if to exactly what Isaac said, if he's, I'd be surprised if he's gone, after, if he's there after 10. Well, yeah. the only team that would actually be, as far as need, now that I'm thinking about the uh, draft order, that could probably use them before 10 would probably be the Spurs at the nine. Because I think yeah. the top eight uh, is pretty much they're going after wings and guards with the exception of whoever takes uh, Chet Hungren, which he's probably, because of his hype, he's probably not going to slide past three. Um, so um, I'm with Isaac here. I think the ideal place for him would be the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte has been needing a big for God knows how long. Uh, just what he'll be able to do alongside LaMelo Ball, um, to what Isaac said, uh, having a legit NBA point guard, an all-star guard at that, just being able to uh, see the floor, he'll get the ball in spots where Jalen Duran can be uh, most effective. To Isaac's point again, he shot 71% on non-post-ups uh, at Memphis. So if you pretty much put him around the rim, it's pretty much guaranteed us a bucket. So um, I've watched Jalen Duran progress. I became a fan of his as well. Uh, I really do like him at 13 and Charlotte. I will be surprised if he's gone before then. But the, like I said, the only spot I see him is at San Antonio at nine. But ideally, he's not slipping out of the lottery. I'll say that much. It, it'll be a shocker if he's gone outside of the lottery. But Charlotte would be uh, most ideal for Jalen Durant. And I think Sky's going to be the limit for him once he gets there. Yep, totally agree with everything y'all said, and I would love to see him remain in Memphis, which is Man. my question. Um, do you think the Grizzlies? Do you think the Grizzlies would, ser would seriously consider trading up to get him? And well, yeah, that's the question. Yeah, man. If the Grizzlies do trade up, man, that would be a, a guy that I would love to see stay here in Memphis. Because uh, again, man, you talk about playing with a lead point guard, man. You just imagine him and, and John at pick and roll. Uh, I mean, John with those those pads, those lobs, man. He's be tearing the rim off at the, at the FedEx Forum with, with John Moran, man. I think he'd be a fantastic fit because you think about Stephen Adams. I mean, he's here now and he's done a fantastic job, but I don't think he's going to be the long-term guy that a lot of thought has been that, that Jared is going to eventually slide into the five, which I'm not a big fan of. I used to think that was kind of the way it was going, but now I think I think Jared is better suited at the four. Um, and I, I think they just oh. need to find find a center uh, at, at five, and I think Jaden Duan would be fantastic. So if the Grizzlies did decide to move up, man, he'd definitely be a guy that would be on my radar, man. I'd love to see him stay here in Memphis. And I also think personality-wise, he'd be a really good fit on this team, uh, just kind of yeah. knowing him and knowing the guys on the Grizzlies. I think he'd fit in really well with them. Yeah, I, I just think y'all the switch. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry, Shark, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was saying, I just think I just think of the switchability with him and Jaren. Yeah. Like, man, this is crazy, man. That would be amazing. We'd be like, Here, oh, here's man. the thing. Ironically enough, and I was just talking about it, Charlotte is looking to sell that uh, yeah, I saw that. So, that uh, possibility of Jalen Duran coming to Memphis is a little bit more realistic than not. So, and we yeah, don't and know, I'm just saying, like, I hope it doesn't happen because, like, y'all know I love my Tigers. But, Lord <laughs> Jesus, 
if Jalen Duran somehow ended up on this Grizzlies team, I'm no longer a season ticket holder for the Tigers. I'm moving that to the Grizzlies. And I'm going to Jalen and John Moran. Like, that's box office as it is, bro. Like, that's going to be crazy. Yep, yep. Hey, man, you'd love to see it. But let's move on to another uh, former Tiger um, who – Get surprising on some people's notes, taking the draft, surprising, not surprising on other people's end. Lester Quinones, who's actually about to work out for the Grizzlies on tomorrow or the day this episode come out, it'll be on that same day. So, what are your thoughts about Lester Quinones and um, his draft status? Yeah, man, it feels like he's worked out for, for everybody. Yeah, he's scheduled to work out for uh, the Grizzlies tomorrow, man. He's worked out for a lot of a lot of teams, and it was kind of thought pretty much all offseason that, man, he was going to be back. I think Penny was recruiting like he thought he was going to be back. I think it was always understanding that him and DeAndre was going to be back. I mean, you even heard Kendrick Davis uh, say when he got here that they were both going to be back. But I think throughout the workout, something changed, man. He, he had that open workout with the Lakers, I think, and a couple other teams. It's kind of an open workout. I think he made, they say, 40-plus three-pointers in a row in that workout. And I think he got some teams interested. Um, I'm still not sure that he'll ever hear his name call. He could. Uh, but I'm still not sure he'll actually be drafted. But I think the feedback was good enough to where he feels like he's almost guaranteed an undrafted free agent contract or a two-way contract. And, I mean, if that's your lifelong dream, man, to, to play pro basketball and get paid for doing so, um, I, I think that I can't knock it for doing it. And I think what he might have heard from, from scouts is basically that they don't feel like him coming back next year is going to up his draft stock. Like it's kind of is what it is because the NBA doesn't really like older guys i mean it's nba draft is more based on potential um and once you get get to junior or senior most unless you're an elite elite prospect your the thoughts on you are kind of are what they are uh but lester is a guy who i think will find his way on the nba roster because he plays super hard works super hard uh a guy uh six five six six uh about 215 220 uh great size uh big guard as they say uh can knock down three point 39 percent from three uh, last season at Memphis uh, can can play defense. And, and if you can play defense, knock down three, and you have the size that he has, I mean, I think there's a role in the NBA for him. I think it might be the non-traditional route. I had to go to the G League and work his way in, man. But I think he'll find find a spot. Um, and, and, again, man, I'm happy for him because he's a guy that worked extremely hard. Uh, there were times where he thought about transferring, getting out of here, man, but he stayed loyal, uh, stayed here at Memphis, man. So I am. No problem with him, man, going chasing that dream. And, again, man, I think he's going to gonna end up on a roster somewhere, whether it sooner or whether it later. Um, again, it might not be immediately, and I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be jumping in and playing major minutes for anybody, man. But I definitely think he can he can carve out a role. And I think he's a good enough player to, to stay out of Europe and, and stay in the United States and, and probably possibly be in the NBA. I think if, like, you were to look up the word sleeper, I think you'll see Lester's name, like, right next to it. Like, call me bias, call me whatever. But if you talk about the intangibles that you just talked about, you know, great body, great footwork. But just if I'm an NBA scout, I'm a GM, whatever, and I see his unselfishness. Like, on that Tigers team, like, it was it's only one basketball. And if you were to look at his numbers, you know, you'll have some quote-unquote analysts of, like, no, he's not an NBA player. But really, he just played one on a team full of talent. And yeah. two was used to sacrifice. But if you would have asked any of us, was effort a problem in for Lester? No. Like he always gave 100%. He hit, he hit the open shot. He was a great defender. Like he, he deserves, like you said, to be on an NBA team. But I think that he, I think he's the most slept on player in the, in the draft. What you think? 
Yeah, man. I, like I said, man, I think he's one of those type of players. Like you said, he's just a winner. Um, I mean, you don't have to worry about his effort. Uh, I mean, he's always going to give you every, everything he's got. Like I said, not the most talented player in the world, man, but works hard and gets the most out of his talent. Um, and, and I like I like guys like that that do more with less. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys, no pun intended. But, uh, again, man, a guy that can, can really knock down shots. And anytime you can knock down shots, man, that you, you got a shot in this league and in, in today's NBA, man, he can, can definitely do do that. Um, and, again, good defender, unselfish, and he's a good locker room guy, man. Just just a lot of intangibles that he brings to the table. And, and again, man, he might hear his name call. Like I said, I'm not going to count him out and, 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 and label him as an undrafted free agent because I think there's some things there, especially, man, you get late in the draft, you could do a lot worse than, than Lester Keonis. Um, and if you anybody that you talk to about Lester, man, just a good dude, my interactions with him, man, have always been fantastic. And, uh, again, man, he's a guy, the type of guy that you want to root for. So I'm hoping that he hears his name called. Uh, sometime on, in the NBA draft next week. Will the NBA allow him to wear the short shorts? Probably. Man, that, that's interesting. Yeah, somebody asked somebody asked me that, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's interesting, man. Man, because he Probably. he's got a kind of branded that man. That's kind of kind of his thing, man. I'm sure he's like the thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he <laughs> might not be able to play. He might not be able to play if he can't do it, man. So we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I used to worry <laughs> back in the day, so I might as well bring it back. <laughs> might as well bring it back, yeah, but. To throw my two cents in, yeah, three and D guys are probably one of the most coveted uh, archetypes in the NBA today, and that's what Lester Keong is gives you. Um, I'm hoping he's a late second round pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went undrafted. And I think that's only because of his college status. So it's only because he's a junior. Like if we yeah. were getting all this from Lester, and he was a sophomore, we're probably talking about him late first, possibly early second. But I think. To Isaac's point, and we all know this, NBA scouts, they only draft based on potential from either you're either a freshman in college or the next big overseas type of guy. So, like, if you're a junior or senior in college, then they already know what you are. And at this point, it's going to be kind of uh, difficult to kind of uh, crack the draft at that point. But some contender can use them. I, I will say this much. So if he does go undrafted, um, I would be highly surprised if he's not on the NBA team um, by the time the season starts next season. Yeah, to your point, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be surprised if Memphis gave him a look because you know they're super familiar with him, him playing in the city, so they know him in and out with him working out for the Grizzly Bar. That kind of lets me know that they have some interest in him. So if he does go undrafted, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Grizzlies pick him up and possibly – see him down uh, with the hustle down in South Haven. Yeah. Super random comparison. Don't judge me as I say this, but like if you look at Wesley Matthews' career, like he could very, like Lester Kajonis could very, very, very similar. Yeah, I can see that. Like Wesley Matthews has made a ton of money in the league <laughs> and, and that's for two things. It's his ability to play defense and his ability to make the three-point shot. And I feel like that's Lester Kionis. Like, that's what he can do. Like, Isaac, you talked about his frame. Dude can lock – he can lock up. Like, he, in my opinion, was probably one of Memphis's better defenders on that team. He guarded the best player on the opposing team quite often. And you saw him make an impact on that on that side of the, on that side of the floor. Isaac, you talked about his 39% uh, field goal percentage from three. In my opinion, that very well could have been much higher if he had a – you know, if he had a better point guard, if there was more – if there was better spacing on the team. So, like, he can do the defense. He can do the three really, really well. And we already know, like, what his character's like. So, even if he doesn't get drafted, I could very – like, I would not be shocked at all to look up in five years and be like, dang, like, 
you know, Lester didn't get drafted, but he, you know, he came up through the G League. He got a spot with X, Y, and Z, and then boom, now he is on a playoff roster getting like getting quality minutes. Like I could very well see that. Yeah, man, it would, wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, man, and you talk about his defense, man, on ball defense, he's relentless. Uh, you you kind of see that kind of relentless dogged defense, like Dylan Brooks, where they just don't give up. And he does. He's that same type of type of guy. I mean, the guy that takes pride in playing on the, on the defensive end. You you love guys that love to play defense. Um, he's one of those type of guys slapping the floor, clapping his hands uh, in, in your face, man. That, that's the type of defender he is. And, again, man, when you can do that and knock down threes, uh, again, man, there's a spot for you in the league. And I think your your comparison is great, man. Wesley Matthews, man, I could definitely, definitely see that. But, again, Lester's going to put it in the work. There's no doubt about that. So uh, he's going to make the most of his opportunities. So if the opportunities are there, man, he's going to seize it for sure. Man, Scott need to be promoted to uh, <laughs> Scott or something. Yeah. Boy, that no, was you want to take my assignment so I can go back to the island? Because uh, I can't. <laughs> that was spot on. Spot <laughs> on, indeed. I, watched, I probably watched every every minute of his, too. So that's, yeah. why, that's why I came up with it. And that's wild because they hold Marquette, like, squad, or that that – Come around in time, Wesley Matthews slept yeah. on. Yeah, was slept on. Uh, Jay Crowder slept on. Yep. All three of them. <laughs> but um, Isaac, if the Grizzlies were to stick at forty-seven and take Lester Key on this, are you satisfied, or are you think there are better players on the board? Man, I, I, man, again, man, if they took Lester or or Minot, which I I, I think Minot Minot is an interesting prospect because I think. He, you could see him go all the way from late first round to to late second. Like I, there's a wide range for him, but no, I wouldn't be up, upset at all because I think the Grizzlies are a team that they don't really have room for for rookies anyway, uh, unless somebody really comes in like you take a Desmond Bain and a guy that ends up being a lot better than you expect. Um, because it, unless they move up and take a guy, I mean, if you move up and take a guy, you're expecting him to come in and be a triple immediately. But I don't think anybody they take is really going to be a, a guy that's going to come in and play big time minutes because they just don't really have those minutes. They have the time to be patient um, and develop a guy. So you look at that, they already got two picks at 22 and 29. If they stick there at, at 47, you're definitely looking for a, a guy that can develop. So now, man, I wouldn't be upset with that at all. I mean, you know, kind of partial to, to Josh and Lester anyway, covering them at Memphis. So for either one of those guys to stay in Memphis or Jalen Tour to stay in Memphis, I'd be extremely excited about that. Yep, I feel the same. I think second round picks, you could take a chance, especially later yeah. in the second round at 47. That's a perfect pick to take someone like him and stash him in G League. It's on just stash him with the hustle and then just kind of see how yeah. he progresses. Yep, for sure. Um, so with Grizzlies, um, they rarely have stuck with their Zach Climbing. I think outside of John Morant, every other pick it was a trade involved, some type of trade. Yeah. So if they just happen to stick at 22, which seems unlikely based on his uh, track record. What are some prospects we should be looking out for that the Grizzlies could take at 22? Yeah, King, King Clyburn, NBA uh, GM of the year, executive of the year, man. Shout out. Uh, but, yeah, man, it, this front office has done a a, a fantastic job. Uh, but like you said, they, they've shown the propensity to be extremely active. Uh, if, if they see a guy that they like, man, they go and get him. Uh, they've done that a couple of drafts in a row. Whether you talk about Bain or uh, Brandon Clark or even Santi Aldama, and they moved back into the first round. Uh, to take Santi Aldama, we'll see how that one works out. I mean, he wasn't a guy that kind of set really set the world on fire or anything this year, but obviously they saw something in him that they really liked because they could have taken him in the second round, man, could have tried to get a second round pick, but they moved into the first round and made him a guaranteed contract uh, with their last pick to take him. But 
Uh, there, there are several guys that I like it at 22, and I think this is a guy, Jalen Williams. Uh, I mean, there's two Jalen Williams in the draft. There's Jalen, J-A-Y-L-I-N out of Arkansas, uh, who's more of a power forward center. Uh, I'm talking Jalen Williams, uh, wing out of Santa Clara, a, a guy who started off, like if you looked at Mox a couple months ago, was mid-second round. But, man, he got in the combine and, and really performed well. Man, Now you even see him up at top 12, top 15 now. Um, on, on certain mocks, man, but it's, it's a guy that I really like. When you look at him on film, man, I you look at some of the guys that are, that are projected to go in the lottery, you're thinking, like, why? How is the how are these guys any better than him? Uh, Jalen Williams, 6'6, man, 7'2 wingspan, again, man, senior wingman out of uh Santa Clara, man, three level score, uh, really good ball handler, can really pass out of the pick and roll. Uh, I, I think he could be you kind of look at that role with Kyle Anson, that point forward role. Uh, he could definitely play that role, uh, but, but be, be better offensively. Uh, really good pull-up jump shooter. Uh, has the float game in his bag. Man, he can finish at the rim. I mean, he just really doesn't have a weakness uh, when you watch him on film. Uh, really, really good defender. Long, like I said, 7-2 wingspan. Gets in the passing lanes. Man, he can do it all. Uh, knock down three-pointer. Um, I think he shot, what did he shoot from three? 30, 30, 40% from three. Uh, 81% from the free throw line. Um, he's a prospect that I don't think is going to make it to 22. Uh, but if he's there at 22, I think think he's a steal. Uh, Nikola Jovic um, is another guy, a uh, big wing uh, from, from overseas, 6'11", uh, 223 pounds. Uh, another guy that can, can really handle the basketball as a point forward. Again, man, 6'11", six, six, wing, can shoot the basketball. Uh, good rebounder. I think with as with most European prospects, I think the question with him is lateral quickness uh, and defense. But I think when you look at, at European prospects, he's not as bad as, as some of the other ones are. He, I mean, he's not a guy that's elite foot quickness or anything with his feet, but he's also not plodding out there either. I mean, he can move a little bit. So I like him a lot. I like his playmaking ability. Jaden Hardy is a, is another guy in the G League, uh, Ignite, uh, that, that, that I really like. About him. Yeah, man. Because the Grizzlies are a team that just need more guys that can just go out there and get a bucket. Uh, I mean, he's definitely that. I mean, he's a guy that could come out the bench for you be that microwave score, man. You just watch the way he moves, the step-back game, uh, really good at creating space, uh, just can really score. I mean, just really skilled, man. Not a lot on the defensive end right now, but, again, man, you you, you just go and you look at a guy like Lou Williams um, in the NBA, a guy that's never really gave you anything on the defensive end, just, just a guy that's paid to go out there and get buckets. And I think Jaden Hardy could be that type of guy. Um, and, and lastly, another guy that I like um, is Wendell Moore, uh, Small forward out of Duke. Um, another one of those guys that is not going to wow you with, with one specific skill, but just does a lot of things well. A uh, good defender, uh, can, can handle the basketball. Another guy that you can possibly put on the ball and, and do some playmaking from the forward spot. Uh, can knock down a three-pointer. Uh, plays super hard. Just a, a winning type of player coming from a good program. And Duke, man, he's just another guy that I think a really safe pick. I think a, a super high floor. I don't think there's any way that he's a bust. I think he's a guy that can come in and contribute immediately. So those are some of the some of the guys that I like at, at 22. Thank you, Isaac. I got my homework cut out for me before my assignment. <laughs> so I know exactly because I'm gonna be honest, it was it was a chore. It was rough watching this college basketball season just to even get a a sniff of who uh some of these prospects are. But I do know a couple of them. So thanks for that insight. I got my homework cut out for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, to a point he made earlier when we, uh, in the episode, like I used to know everybody in the draft, but like because of the transfer portal, because of one and done, it's like this is like the first draft where like after like the top five, ten picks, I'm like, who is this? Like people I heard of <laughs> GBB, thank you, you know, thankfully we're a part of GBB, just doing uh push out those blog posts. I, I'm learning about all the prospects, so yep, that's good to get so. Couple more questions. Next one. Uh, what is the going to the draft drafting? What is the biggest need position wise? But that, that that's an interesting question. But I mean, because you kind of look at this Grizzlies roster and to a point that I made before, it, they really don't need anything specifically other than I guess internal growth or to improve upon some of the guys that they already have. I um, mean, when you're talking about 22, 29, 47, unless you get lucky, at least initially, you're probably not going to be able to bring in a guy that's probably going to be much better than the guys that you already have in the rotation. Uh, so I think that's that's the interesting thing for this team because do they stick at 22, 29, 47 and just draft three guys and kind of maybe send them down to the G League? You might have one of them that, that kind, of, kind of sticks on the roster and that doesn't get many minutes, but they, there's a lot of different ways they can go for this because I think they can try to, to, to take a, a current roster player and a couple of those picks and try to move up, uh, which I think would really be good because, again, they just don't really need three rookies uh, on this team. And this team is already super young, man. You keep on taking all these rookies, you just get younger and younger by the year. Uh, and, and, and that's not really what they want to do. So it, it, I, I'm not sure how they handle this. Uh, like I said, they've been shown to be super active. So I would kind of be surprised if they just make those three picks. Um, I got a feeling – they do something. I just don't know what. Maybe they package the, one of those picks and a player to bring in a veteran or just a lot of different things they could do. Uh, so, But as far as your question, again, man, it's not really one thing. I think half-court offense, I think, is it, it, kind of their weakness. Uh, so I think you kind of look at it's something in that vein. Also shooting. I mean, you can always use more shooting. That's why in scoring, that's why I like a guy like Jaden Hardy. I think a guy that can just come in and get buckets. They just need more of those guys uh, because they don't have a lot of those, a lot of those type of guys, man, that could just come in and get buckets. Uh, so I think those are the kind of things. Half court offense and just, just more shooting, more scoring. Uh, I think those are kind of the things that you're looking for. And, and it just depends on. But also depends on what happens with Tyus Anderson and uh, Tyus Jones yeah. and Kyle Anderson. Uh, because if those guys walk, now you're looking at backup point guard. Um, you're also looking at someone to kind of place Kyle in that point forward role. And uh, the three of those guys that I named, Jaden Williams. Uh, one of more Nikola Jovic could could come in and fill in that role if they do lose Kyle Anderson. Yeah, I agree. I and mean, you think of like a team like the Clippers, when they about to have Kawhi Leonard, yeah, Paul George, yeah. no Norman Powell. Like you can't never have too many bucket getters on the wings, especially in no. uh, NBA, man. Today's NBA, absolutely. Okay. Took did you have something? Yeah, I was just about to say the point about Taj Jones. Since you know Stones may get the bag, the big bag elsewhere. Do you prioritize drafting a backup, or do you go into free agency? What, what would you do? Man, that, that's interesting, man. I guess it just depends on the feel that they have because uh, I think the front front office knows more about whether they feel like they're going to be able to retain ties or is he going to leave. But people, there's been a lot of speculation. At one point, I thought there's probably no chance that he's back. Now I'm thinking maybe – and, and, and this is kind of the, the thought that I've had, which for, for Tyus, I think it's more likely that Kyle would do this but take a shorter-term deal. Um uh, and, and, and kind of see what happens. I think Kyle, because I don't – there's not going to be a huge market out there for Kyle. I don't think he's going to break the bank or anything. 
and he's been a, an important piece for this team. If, if he's not going to break the bank, man, I think I try to bring him back. But I think Tyus is probably looking for more security. Uh, this is the best year that he's ever had, and he's probably looking to cash in. Uh, so if, I was thinking maybe if they could get him on a two-year deal, shorter deal, man, sure. But I don't know if he's going to be willing to accept that. You saw him last night uh, tweeting about the Celtics saying that they basically need a, 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 a true point guard out there. Uh, so he might be kind of foreshadowing, trying to give them a shout-out, man. Hey, man, come look at your boy. Uh, but I, I think that could be a spot where he could land because I think that's one of Boston issues. I love Marcus Smart, but I, I think they need a true point guard. I mean, at times he just doesn't make the right plays, man. I think they need a true point guard to kind of get them straight and get them into their offense. I think Tyus would be a, a, a great fit out there. But I, mean, I hope he ends up back to the Grizzlies, man, because he was – such a big part of this team, man, and no way that they have even close to the success that they had this year without him because uh, John went down, missed 20-plus games, man. He stepped in and played fantastically uh, all, all throughout the season. I um, mean, I think, again, man, just a big part of this team, and he just fits uh, what, what this team needs. So we'll see what happens, man. But I, if he goes out there and gets the bag, man, finds a starting spot, I, I don't blame him, man, but I'd love to see him back here at Memphis. Yeah, and I swear during that game, game five, I said Boston Tyus Jones. Yeah, if they had Tyus Jones, they would win this series because they literally missing the player that you know when they start doing all that dumb stuff, turn the ball. I like, mean, he'd be perfect no for them. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man, he'd be perfect for them. But uh, one last question is for the Grizzlies, you know, we've been hearing so much trade speculation, guys like Dylan Brooks, Anthony Melton, Steven Adams got you know, uh, expiring, expiring deals next year. What player, if you had to choose one player on this Grizzlies roster to get traded, who's the player that's most likely to get traded this offseason? Man, I think as far as value, uh, I think I think it's Dylan Brooks. And I've kind of gotten labeled as this guy that wants to trade Dylan Brooks. It is not that I want to trade him. I just look at the, the big picture. I think he's a free agent at the end of next season. Uh, and he's definitely going to be due a raise, man. If I had to project, I would say, anywhere between 18 to 22 million per year is probably what he's looking at on the open market. And you just drafted Zaire Williams, um, a, a guy who they've showed the front office has shown, man, they have full support behind, man. From day one, like, Taylor Jenkins had him in a rotation, even probably when he shouldn't have been. Um, and, and it paid off in long term. You saw tremendous strides from him. I think you're going to see him in summer league, kind of similar to what we saw with Desmond Bain. I think he's going to get in summer league. I think they're going to give him the keys to him and let him run that team. And that's going to build his confidence. And I think he's going to take even another leap next year. And when you get to the to, to the end of next year with Dylan the free agent, you're looking at uh, Zaire still on his rookie deal. I just don't know if you fiscally and team roster building wise, if it would be the smart thing to pay Dylan Brooks 18 to 20 million. Like I, I know that he means a lot to his locker room, what he means defensively, but you just look at how much they support. Zaire Williams, and I think they view Zaire Williams as that long-term piece there at, at the small forward. And, and if that's the case, I mean, it, it's it's a tough situation because if I think if if you if you end up winning the title next year, uh, I mean, you keep Dylan Brooks, you don't move him this summer, you end up winning the title, and he walks. I think that's great. But if they don't, and he ends up walking at the end of next year, I think that you, you got to look back in hindsight and say maybe we should have moved him because you looked at you look at this Grizzlies team. And you look go back to last year, they were set up, man, with all these assets. You're like, okay, well, you got ties, you got Kyle expiring, you got all these draft picks, um, and, and you lose the Lakers pick, uh, the, the 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 Pelicans pick, because the Lakers couldn't couldn't get it together, man. That's an asset you lost. You held held on to Kyle, Kyle and ties. You didn't move them, 
at the deadline. So now it's getting to the point to where you don't have as many assets as it looked like you were going to have. Uh, so you're going to get to a point to where you got John Jaren's extension kicking in next summer. You got Bain coming a year after that. You're going to get to the point to where you got to make some decisions on this team. Are you going to just go all in on this team? Do you feel like internal development is going to be enough with these current guys to get you over the hump? Or do you want to go out and make some changes? And if you're going to go out and make some changes, I think this is probably the summer to do it. And I, like I said, I know how much people love Dylan Brooks, but man, I think if, if you're not, if you know you're not going to pay him, I, I think it's probably best to try to get value out of him while you can. And that's kind of why I bring it up. It's not that I'm trying to push him out the door or anything like a lot of people think. I'm just thinking long-term, and I think that might be the best move for franchise long-term. Yeah, and as the guy that supports Dylan Brooks on this show, um, I'm not opposed at all to Dylan Brooks being moved because if there's anybody that can be moved and should be moved this summer, it needs to be him. My only pushback is are we going to use this to probably stockpile some more assets, some more picks? or try to bring in a veteran player that could possibly fit in with this team. And I'm just looking out there and I'm just like, eh, maybe this guy could work. Maybe this guy could work, but it still remains to be seen. But yeah, um, Dylan Bruce is going to command a lot of money in, in free agency at the end of next season. Like I just said, 18, 22 million. That's about within range. If you're not going to pay him, you might as well look to move him. Um, look to move him this summer and uh, see what you can get for him at this point, because you're getting to that real tricky part. Yeah. of being a playoff contender as to, okay, what should I do next? Should I still roll with the team what I have? Who do I need to move and who can I bring in that can actually, you know, eventually get us over the hump? So uh, as much as I love Dylan Brooks, as much as I would love for him to still be on the team, it's inevitable at this point. I said it, it, it'll be the trade deadline that he'd be moved, but I honestly would be surprised if he's uh, wearing a Grizz uniform in training camp. I'm there you down. go, Trevor. Come, come on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right on, Sharky. Come on home, Trevor. You know, you know that's that's been my stance for the longest, man. I'm not paying no twenty million for a headache. So, bye, <laughs> deuces. <laughs> deuces. Yeah, real quick. I think, and like, I think the Grizzlies already know what they want to do with Dylan. Because if nothing else, like, I think we all question that Jerry Culver move. I think, like, chain of command, I think Zaire steps up and probably fills that void that Dylan would 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 have with, with these traded. And then maybe Derek Culver, left him if you want to, but maybe that's what it is. Then maybe he fills in for what, you know, Zaire Williams did last year. Because, I mean, if nothing else, like, we quite questioned, like, why is he on the team? And so, you know, maybe you put him out there for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, see what he can give you. You never know. Or a draft pick. <laughs> All the guys, so that's good. Or sign another thing. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it does it for the show, man. Isaac, appreciate you coming on. Man, definitely, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Man, definitely. Uh, let the people know where they can follow you at. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. It's I S A A C underscore rivals, man. Make sure you go over to tigersportsreport.com, check out my work at Rivals, and also. Me and my guy, David Williams, says at Ethos Grizzlies, E-T-H-O-S. Grizzlies on Twitter, man. We pumping out content all throughout the week, man. Podcast, man. We got one dropping tonight um, as well, man. We've been covering the draft. Uh, we've got some special guests coming up this week, man. We're going to be full force uh, up until next week, man. So you probably have three, four, five podcasts uh, before the draft drops, man. So be on the lookout for that. 
Yep, man. Hard, one of the hardest working men in the industry, y'all, man. Make sure y'all follow If you don't already follow him, you know, he already got a huge following base. Uh, <laughs> got to get a lot of trolls. Uh, <laughs> oh, for, for, for sure, man. They, they Like, I'm a magnet, man. They find me, for sure. Oh, man. But as always, uh, y'all know, man, listen to uh, – y'all can follow us on Twitter at starting 5 and number 5, M-E-M. Follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and – Check out the content at greasybearblues.com as we're always pushing out content every day. Listen to the other podcasts on the network as well, the GBB Live podcast and the 3ND uh, podcast. And remember to follow me at the one underscore P Stark. At underscore Skylito on Twitter. I'm at the Auto Trevor reporting from assignment for the NBA draft, but we may be coming home. Oh, yeah, of is a preposition. It's your man at Tev Shakira. Appreciate y'all for listening. And y'all know y'all can follow She Did. It's really She Did. <laughs> so until next time, go Grizz. Go Grizz.